Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church is to inspire people to follow Jesus, because we're convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks at greenvilleoaks.org and connect with us on social media. We would love it if you could rate and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Wade Hodges. So many of you are watching and listening online. It's great for us all to be able to be together in this way. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 18. And I'm going to jump right into it and start reading from Luke 18 verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Two men went up to the temple to pray. It was common in ancient Jerusalem for people to go to the temple where twice a day sacrifices would be offered and incense would be burned. The people believed that as those sacrifices for their sins were being offered, a way to God was opening up, and as the smoke from the incense drifted into the heavens, they would gather in the temple courts to pray, hoping that perhaps their prayers would ascend to the heavens along with the smoke. So two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. He belonged to an ultra-religious group who took pride in their strict obedience to the law of Moses and their observance of their own traditions, which in some cases were more rigorous than the law itself. The Pharisees went above and beyond what was necessary to please God. They were the kind of students who always volunteered to do the extra credit project in class. The name Pharisees means those who are set apart, the set apart ones, and they believed it was their obedience, their righteousness that set them apart from everyone else. We tend to vilify the Pharisees because of the way some Pharisees resisted and harassed Jesus in the Gospels. But in the first century, the Pharisees were considered heroes to many because of their superior righteousness. If one day your son came home and said, Mom, Dad, I have big news. I want to be a Pharisee. You would not be alarmed or disappointed. You would be proud. Our son, the Pharisee. So two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And tax collectors were as despised as the Pharisees were admired. They were considered by just about everyone to be thieves because of the way they made their living. 
what they would do is they would inflate their neighbor's tax bill so that they could skim a little profit off the top for themselves and then pass on the rest to the Roman government. They were considered to be traitors because they were working with the Roman government who were unjustly occupying the land. They were considered to be idolaters because their partnership with the Romans meant they were in close relationship with idol worshipers who did not worship the true and living God of Israel. No one liked tax collectors. So two men went up to the the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. One was a hero and the other was a villain. And Jesus makes a comparison between the two and the story he tells about them is shocking. He continues. He says, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. The Pharisee, when he prays, is thankful. Thankful he's not someone else. He thanks God that he was born morally and ethically superior to others. Oh, he could have been born a sinner. Could have been a robber, an an evildoer, an adulterer, or even a, a terrible tax collector who he sees across the way. And I assume the Pharisee is praying this out loud, loud enough for everyone to hear what he's praying, including the tax collector. It's a clever prayer, really. Somehow the Pharisee manages to lift himself up, put someone else down, and give God the credit for the difference. He's able to draw all attention to himself through his prayer. I have a good friend who is a master of asking questions in such a way that when you answer, it gives him an opportunity to talk more about himself. You know those people. All right, all right, all right, enough about me. Let's talk about you. So what do you think of me? The Pharisee does not see this as an occasion to ask for forgiveness. He sees prayer as an opportunity to brag about his righteousness. He does not list his sins, his shortcomings, his failures. He lists his accomplishments. And if you were to overhear this prayer while at the temple, you'd likely be impressed by it. And maybe even feel a little guilty because you're not fasting and tithing as much as the Pharisee. And that's what makes Pharisees Pharisees, the set-apart ones. They are religious heroes. Oh, if only I could be more like that Pharisee. Meanwhile, the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The tax collector's a wreck. He dare not approach with the crowd. He knows he's an outsider. He knows how others feel about him. 
He can't even look up to heaven. In a gesture of grief, all he can do is beat his chest. And his prayer is so simple. Just have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. And compared to the Pharisees' prayer, that prayer is not much. If you overheard the tax collector praying, you, especially after hearing the Pharisee pray, you would think, well, he doesn't have a chance of getting his prayer answered. In fact, that thieving, traitorous, idolatrous tax collector has got some chutzpah coming down to the temple asking for mercy. He's wasting his time. And then comes the surprising twist in the story. Jesus says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus says, actually, it's the Pharisee who's wasting his time. It's the tax collector, the villain, not the hero, the villain who goes home justified or right with God or forgiven of his sins. The Pharisee, the hero in the story, goes home unforgiven. His prayer was meaningless. All his fasting and tithing and all his other religious acts of devotion were pointless, useless, because his prayer lacked an essential characteristic that God requires of those who seek him. It's a characteristic that David names well in one of his psalms, Psalm 51, verse 16 and 17. David says, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, O God, will not despise. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was righteous and the other a sinner. And it is the sinner who goes home with a blessing from God, not the righteous one. So the righteous one is so caught up in who he is and what he's doing that he doesn't even bother to ask God for forgiveness. And the sinner leaves forgiven because he brings to God what really matters, a broken, contrite heart. Luke tells us at the beginning of the story that Jesus told it as a way of taking down those who are taking too much pride in their own righteousness. But this story also has something important to teach us about prayer. It teaches us that the heart of prayer is more important than the art of prayer. The heart of prayer is more important than the art of prayer. If you find yourself stuck or not sure how to pray or even afraid to pray because you don't know the right words or the right forms or the right formula, 
It is not using the perfect words that moves God to act on our behalf. It's the broken heart before God behind the words that matter. If we're not approaching God in humility, if we're not approaching God with a broken heart, with unpretentious trust in our Father in heaven, it does not matter what words we pray or how many times we repeat them or how long or ornate or fancy or theologically sophisticated our prayers are. It doesn't matter how often we fast. It does not matter how much money we give to the church. If we're approaching God with self-righteous pride, we can expect to leave the temple, church, prayer time, just like the Pharisee. Proud, but unforgiven. Before this message, we sang the song, Just As I Am, and it occurred to me as we were singing that song, that's almost true. You can approach God just as you are, as long as you're not self-righteous. You can approach God with a broken heart. You can approach God beating your chest. You can approach God knowing that you're failing and you're falling over and over and over again. But if you approach God just as you are and who you are is self-righteous because of who you are and all the good things you do, well, Jesus has a story for you. This little story has inspired a short prayer that's come to be known as the Jesus prayer. We'll put it up on the screen. It's a simple little prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Just like with the Lord's Prayer, I taught my boys when they were little to pray the Jesus Prayer. And one night, they're getting ready for bed. Caleb, my oldest son, prayed out loud. Two boys shared a room. He prayed out loud, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on Elijah. He's a sinner. Like, no... That's not the way this prayer works. We don't pray this prayer for other people. We don't pray this prayer for the tax collectors in our lives. This one is for us. I try to pray the Lord's Prayer once a day, at least, but I pray this prayer all the time, repeatedly throughout the day. You can even turn it into a breath prayer, if you like. You can inhale the good news about Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, and you can exhale the bad news about you. Have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. This prayer keeps me centered. Never lets me forget who Jesus is. He's the Lord, he's the Christ, he's the Son of God, and it also never lets me forget who I am. As much as it stings, I am a sinner in continual need of God's mercy. Would you stand with me and let's pray this prayer together? But only if you mean it. Don't mess with this prayer. Don't pretend this prayer. We'll pray this one out loud together, and then we will close as is becoming our custom with the Lord's Prayer. Pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ,
Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now the Lord's Prayer with boldness. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and enjoy the summer celebration outside. Thank you so much for listening to the message from the Greenville Oaks message broadcast. We hope this message enriched your life and can help you inspire others to follow Jesus. Because we honestly believe following Him is the best way of life possible. Be sure to connect with us online on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.